Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode. And we've got another fantastic guest here with us. Erwin Buchert is zooming in all the way from the beautiful province of Manitoba. He lives and works close to Winnipeg, if not right in Winnipeg. Right in Winnipeg, Erwin? Is that that's where you're based out of? Correct. Yeah, right in uh, right in uh, Winnipeg and Trans in the heart of Transcona. Thank you. All right, me. beautiful. And Erwin is a very experienced real estate investor. I think you've been investing since 2013. And you've done a variety yep. of things. You're a handy right. kind of guy. So you started out with the flipping yep. business, and you've yep. had roofing companies, and you're starting a a new roofing venture, and you're also now focusing on more long term buy and hold. And here's the cool thing, you guys. Irwin has a very, very interesting story that I think is going to really not just inspire you, but give you the kick in the butt that you need if you're if you've got some of these self-limiting beliefs or all of that garbage that goes on between our ears. Irwin's going to help us get out of that. So, Irwin, welcome to the show. Great to have you, my friend. Long time no see. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. Uh, it's a, it's an honor to be on the show. Yeah. yeah. So so let's let's just dive in. Let's let's take a snapshot. Where is Irwin at today? So what does your portfolio look like today? What market do you focus on? What kind of deals are you doing? And what's kind of your your grand picture for your portfolio, your real estate investing portfolio? Sure. Uh, my portfolio is not as extensive as you might uh, as you might think, but I have uh my portfolio, I'm building it out of really economic, a really economic way because of my last five to seven years of life and what I've been gone through. So right. I was forced into a corner where I had to pick up properties that nobody else wanted and uh, put in a ton of labor myself to to get my, you know, to get the legs under the property, to get things moving. So kind of you're, you've been kind of doing the burr strategy. Would that be how people could relate that's, to that? Yeah, that's that's correct. I that is the strategy. Uh, I currently have uh, two properties. One is a fourplex, and the other one is a single family home that uh, that may end up being more of a rooming house scenario. Um, so I have two properties that are currently in the renovation stage. Uh, and be shooting to be done by the, by the, in the next six to six to nine months. Fantastic. All right. Very good. So what is your kind of your long-term projection for your real estate? Well, not even long-term, let's say the next 12 months, where, where do you see yourself with your portfolio in the next 12 months, Irwin? Sure. This, uh, my portfolio in the next 12 months is just to just to finish these two properties. So the and the reason I'm so excited about them uh, is because the uh, the the cost of these properties by the time they're all said and done is around one of them is 58 percent loan to value. Yeah, loan to value or money that I need to finish it to value, and yeah. the other one is like 61 percent. And so uh, you got smoking deals on these properties. Like you, yeah. you literally bought them for like yeah. 30 cents on the dollar kind of thing. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I got the, I got the, I bought the fourplex at $70,000. It had some fire damage. And, uh, and, uh, by the time I'm all said and done, I'm into it just around 250. And it's after repair appraisal came in at 419, just a little bit ago. Nice. So, 
yeah, and the single family home, the numbers are not far off that either. Um, and uh, so the, 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 the exciting part about it is the rental income like this, this fourplex will should be cash flowing a, around a thousand dollars on average per unit. Uh, which is quite significant for that kind of for that kind of thousand uh, dollars per unit. So, in other words, four thousand dollars a month for the building net cash flow. That's right. That's pretty exciting. That is pretty exciting. You don't need too many of those to replace the job income. No, <laughs> that's yeah. correct. Hey, so um, we were talking a little bit off camera that you know you've been you've been doing stuff since 2013. You were you started off in the flipping side of things. Why did you decide to switch over more into a, you know, longer term buy and hold? I know you're you're still getting to use your renovation skills, your your carpentry skills and whatnot, because you're doing the burrs. But why are you holding them instead of uh, getting rid of them? It's just the long term, uh, the long term game. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think maturity plays into it. Back then, I was all excited about making, you know, 20, 30, 40 K on a property and turn around and then. And you re- quickly realize that uh, that your your silent partner, the the government, ends up taking a, a nice chunk there, which doesn't excite you once you realize that. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, I had uh, I had a reset in my life as well, right? So yeah, let's I, let's talk about that if you're if you're okay with that. And so, what was the reset? What happened? Why did it happen? When did it happen? Okay, so I. They, they, there was multiple reasons as to why it happened, but what ended up happening is around 2013 to 2015. I 2016 is when it finally all just went boom, uh, where I, in my the end I hit the end of the road where I hit bankruptcy, and I, I you know I lost everything and and I had to recalibrate and and uh, and uh, start start from scratch. And, uh, you know, the famous really quick story that I sometimes tell is uh, one of my estimating vans that I used for my roofing company, I ripped the decals off it and I threw a mattress in the back of it and I hit the road and I was on the road for like four or five months. And I think that was, uh, uh, that was a, a really important thing for me to do. I ended up down in Mexico and, and just all over the place and, and just reset my mind and figure out what I wanted to do with my life, where I wanted to take it from here, because I had to start from scratch. So now when you start from scratch, you're forced to choose uh, or you should choose uh, your direction um, carefully. Yeah. Yeah. So are you open to sharing with us what happened that led you towards bankruptcy there that that kind of triggered all of this? Um, there was, there was, uh, there was one or two reasons and it had to do with my roofing company. It was on my roofing company side. All right. It wasn't real estate related. Uh, actually I've never lost money on any deal that I've done in real estate. Okay. It was uh, a business, it was a business downturn. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I broke even on two flips that I did, but so far I've never lost money on a, on a real estate transaction, which I'm lucky and and hopefully still still learning and hopefully I, I don't hopefully I don't uh, have to lose money to learn it that way. Okay, so you went through that bankruptcy 2016. That's that that's a real punch in the gut for sure. Yeah. You reset things. You had a you drank a bunch of cervezas down in Mexico and maybe a tequila or two. <laughs> I don't know if you did or not. That's what I would have done. (laughs) And then you kind of recalibrated and decided to move ahead again. What was going through your mind? What kind of 
self-talk did you have at that point about, you know, because I don't know, did you did you have investors on some of your deals before? And and did that sure. affect your thought about trying to raise capital again? But talk us through that. Sure. You know, uh, it, it, it was it was a. Uh... It wasn't easy on my mind. It was yeah. the, the years between 2015 to 20, no, 2014 to 2016. They were some of the roughest years I've ever had in my life. And yeah. once once I hit that button, and uh, and I, I, you know, you say you hit the you hit the I, I say I hit the reset button, the the bankruptcy button. Life life in the beginning, I didn't know what to make of it, mm-hmm. but. It didn't take very long for me to figure out that I uh, that there was hope again. Yeah. Um, Good. Now, one of the things that I, I took a course many years many years ago in 2012 or 2013 on regards to how to do flipping and how to do real estate, and and they mm-hmm. taught they taught me how to do it. And they, you know, print out this booklet and then go approach your friends and family and whatever, and then try and try and raise money. And I actually ended up approaching uh, a gentleman that I didn't know had any money. Uh, I just was just telling him what I was planning on doing now. And he seemed to be interested. And so I kept talking and I didn't even have the book with me. Uh, and half an hour later, he I left with a verbal, yeah, he was interested. Mm. And uh, that's how it got started. And, and eventually I got connected with some other investors. And and, uh, and and so I had a few investors went in through through my flipping years. But when I reset this this process, those investors, they were out of the picture. They weren't mm-hmm. interested anymore. They had moved on. One of them had in, sold his stuff and bought a farm right. or something. And the other guy had invested his stuff in recycling stuff. I don't know what it was. So I had to start from scratch with brand new people and stuff. And, and I knew, uh, I kind of knew how to do it, but I didn't know who I was going to go talk to about right. it. And also another interesting thing for me was I found it very difficult to find great deals in Winnipeg, uh, after 2016, 2017, 2018, like it was just, it was, they, they were hard to come by since, since it seemed like there was a lot of flippers that were picking up deals for, for like five, tel- five to $10,000 with the margins. That's what they were looking for. Right. right? I, I, yeah, that, that's right. We had our, our friend, the late, great Stefan Arnio teaching everybody how to do flips. And he was based out of <laughs> Winnipeg and he had a little, whole little cohort of minions flipping like crazy all around, uh, right. All around Winnipeg, that would have made slip, slim pickings, yeah, for sure. It was slim pickings for for a while, and, and even now uh, it is. But it is starting to change. The economy is starting. The market starting to change a bit. Yeah. Um, but what I ended up doing is I ended up picking up my uh, my hammer and called a few friends who had construction companies and and management companies, and ended up picking up some work. And so that's how I got myself moving again. Right. And I just did my own thing there for for. Uh, for the first year, I think it took about a year and a half when one of my guys who had multiple properties, one of my friends who had multiple properties, and I was kind of his handyman. And uh, he sent me to this. Pro- he said, I, I just got a I just got a call from this this gentleman who owns the property next door to my rental. And he's he's concerned that the chimney is going to fall onto his property and something like that. And so go, go look at that if you, if you can or when. So I went and looked at it. And, and sure enough, it needed some help. And I addressed the situation. and. And then that gentleman that ne- from next door, he uh, calls me two weeks later. He got the number off my buddy now. And he says, I have a chimney that's falling down on a different. <laughs> yeah. So I went there and helped him out. And, uh, and then as I was helping him out with that one, he said, you know, I have this uh, property. Uh, I don't know if you're looking to buy anything or, or if you're in this game or not uh, yeah, at all. Yeah. But uh, 
But if you're interested in potentially um, buying a piece of property, I might have something you could look at. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's go have a look at it. And uh, so he went and took me to this property and it was, uh, and it was that fourplex that I, that I now own. And wow. uh, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he gave me the number and I knowing being in the trenches, knowing what real estate was worth, uh, I immediately extended my hand and said, I accept your, your, what you want for this property. Yeah. I'll uh, take it. Yeah, okay. That's what you want. Sold. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And, uh, and um, to boot, I managed to, I managed because I was in a situation, as you know, recovering from bankruptcy, I didn't have much pennies accumulated. Plus not uh, much credit accumulated either at that point. Yeah. No, no. So and self-employed. I, Strike right. one, strike two, strike three. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, I actually turned around and I said, uh, I, and I and I actually convinced him to uh, do a hundred percent vendor take back on wow. the property. Nice. So I got a vendor take back on that property, and uh, and then I uh, started pumping my own labor and money into it to, just to yeah. get it rolling. And eventually, I got an investor on board, and and so now uh, now we can see the finish line. But uh, that's how I got got going in that in that. Um, in that, uh, in the investment and, and under that circumstance. So sure. let's walk through that a little, let's unwrap that a little bit, Erwin. So there you are. It's just a couple of year or two out of bankruptcy. You create a relationship with this gentleman. You work with him a bit. He gets to know you. He likes you. He offers you this property. You explain your situation. He agrees to do owner financing for you. Yeah. You start putting in the sweat equity. And then you said something very interesting. There you are in that situation and you and you got an investor on board. So what does that look like with that property? Is it a joint venture partner? Is it a is it a debt investor who's coming in after the fact and just loaning you money at a fixed percentage? If you don't mind sharing, what does that look like? And how did you find that person when you were in that situation? Yeah, it's um it's a, it's just a debt, just a debt investor. There's no joint venture. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I, I made it a thing to network a lot okay. since, since I moved to Winnipeg, which was around 2012 when I moved to Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to start networking with people a lot. And, uh, uh, my network just came through for me. I just, you know, I ended up sitting down with people and I'm like, can you refer me somebody who may be interested in, lo in loaning on this property? And so that's, that's number one. So when you get a warm referral like that, you know, it's because you've built this relationship with people for, for many years, you get a warm referral. That's one thing. Okay. So number two is you have to protect the investor's money, right? Mm -hmm. And if you, if you go in there and you're like, and they, they're like, what do you plan on doing? And you're like, I don't know. I was thinking of maybe doing this or maybe doing that. Well, they, they don't have any money for you either. Of course so not. Yeah. One of the things that I actually do, and it takes me, takes me some time, but I will go and I'll measure any property that I buy. I've always done this. As soon as I buy it, I go through the property and I measure every room. I draw it out. I go home and then I, and with, with just with paint on the computer, I make a professional looking little diagram with the, with the numbers in. And then I have this thing that I can give to an investor and say, hey, this is what the layout is going to look like after, or this is what it... Well, so you do the before and you do the after kind of right there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I present that, even though that's not much, but it is enough that they understand that I've invested some time in it. And it's something and, visual that they can actually look at and get the gist of it versus just 
blah, 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 or a spreadsheet. Yeah, sure. love it. Yeah. And, and, and another very important thing is to show an investor like that is to show uh, what the what the costs of the rentals are, are mm. going to be. So, right. And the rentals are honestly very, very simple to get. If, if you don't know a good contractor, you can find them. You, mm. you ask a friend, that friend will know somebody and you can find a good contractor. And a contractor will come through there and they can give you a quote in, in a day. They'll, they'll give you a quote for everything, for the whole building, for all the rentals that you're talking about. So now right. you have this this quote that you can present at the same time, right? So there's just a few things that you, that I, that I need knew or know that I have to have ready if I'm going to be talking to, to an investor. All right. So switching gears here a little bit, Erwin, as we're wrapping things up, you've got a very conservative plan of action for the next year. Or so you want to get these properties finished up, stabilized, cash flowing. Where do you see your real estate investing going from there? So after I wrap these properties up, I want to shift gears a little bit and see if I can uh, go into a bit more small commercial, maybe anywhere between six to 24 units, yeah. whether it's new builds or buy and and re, and, re, and uh, the burr strategy. Yeah. So that's that's the goal in the real estate in the real estate game for me. Oh no, that makes so much sense, and I think you're you're well set up for that. I know we've got some clients that's. It's almost a carbon copy of what you're do doing is what they've done. Okay. And yeah, they started out with the smaller properties. Now they're doing some pretty big deals in Ontario mm. um, in and around, you know, Niagara Falls with these commercial burrs, right? So exactly what you're talking about. Sometimes it's just a small apartment building that's sure. run right down. More often than not, actually, they're taking older commercial buildings and converting them into mixed use commercial residential. And they're just, you know, they've got some beautiful old buildings, just like you do in, in Winnipeg. They got some beautiful old buildings. They're just, when they do it, they make them funky and cool and people yeah. just, you know, love living those kind of properties. So I think you're well set up for that. I think a, a big part of that though, that next step is to start really proactively bringing on new investors and new capital for that. So what do you, what do you have in mind? What's your plan of action for doing that early? So as far as finding, uh, uh, finding investors, I am actually uh, working on building relationships with a few gentlemen who I know have, have the capital to do stuff like that, that if, if they were interested in something like that, then they would, they would so you're, you're, you're talking about deep pocketed guys, wealthy individuals that, that could cut a check for half a million or a million bucks in one fell swoop. Yeah, yeah, 10 times that. But yeah, they yeah. could if they wanted to, not saying that anybody would, but uh, you have to build that relationship with these individuals and 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 they have to um, be interested in it as well. It has to be, there has to be more in it for them than just, uh, than just uh, a dollar bill sometimes. Because it's they've already got lots of dollar bills. So they're, what what do you find that these kind of guys are more interested in if it's not the necessarily the ROI? Well, you know, like me, I like to think that hum humanity as a whole, we like to help one another. Mm -hmm. So if you build a relationship, a genuine relation with somebody and they understand that they can help you, that in and of, of itself is is goes a long way. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's showing up showing that you you can do what you say you're going to do uh, and you're going to do it 
Uh, one other small little example and to also give potentially give some of your listeners some hope who may have gone or are going through the thing that I'm that I've gone through the bankruptcy yeah. thing is when I came out of that, I didn't just sit back and, and say, oh, it's going to come to me. No, we go and talk to professionals. So I went and, and consulted uh, a mortgage broker, professional, my uh, professional uh, mortgage broker, a friend of mine. And she said, do this, this and this and this. And if you do that, then within two years, you will qualify to buy your own personal residence. Wow. And I said, what? Like, I thought I was screwed for seven years. Mm -hmm. But that's a myth. Uh, so I did exactly what she told me to do. And it was 26 months later, right around the time I found this gentleman sold me that property as a VTB, right around that same time, I bought my personal residence. Nice. So with my own credit, and uh, my own down payment that I built up over those two years. So my point is this, that the bank that gave me the mortgage for my primary residence wouldn't have done it if I hadn't done, followed the steps and, and show them that I could do it. So I built a relationship with them from the beginning as well, right. which is what my, my mortgage broker advised me to do. So this applies in the professional world and it also applies in the personal world. So if you want to build relationships with some individual who might have deeper pockets than yourself. In my opinion, you, 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 you ask them for advice, you go and sit down for coffee and then they tell you what you, they think that you should do. And then even though you may not see eye to eye, if, it, if it's something that you could easily do, you do it. And then you call them and you say, you did it. Ah, smart. Very right? smart. If you do that, that goes a long way. So for me, that's how I've built my relationships. Okay. So question, what did the guy tell you to do that you went out and did? Okay. So there was, there was two things. So I had to get uh, two, two credit cards right away. Uh, no, no, I'm not talking about the mortgage broker. Oh, not the mortgage broker. Okay. No, no. Because you've, you've said you've, you've connected with some deep pocketed people and, and the advice you're okay. giving is hey, if you want to connect with these guys, ask them for advice and then take them up on that advice, do what they tell you to do. And then tell them you did what you, they told you to do. And that's going to blow their socks off because hardly anybody does that. So do you have an example of that besides the mortgage broker? But right. what, what you've done with one of these okay. wealthy individuals? Yeah. So one of the things that I did was one of the guys suggested that I, um, I had to. I, okay. So I was pitching this investor. Mm -hmm. Okay. So not the, not the VTB guy. I already had built a relationship with him uh, through working with him. Yeah. But then there's this investor that I was pitching to. Uh, I, I sat down with a friend of mine who knew how to do this. And uh, he's also very well connected. And so he told me, do this and this, which was reorganize your presentation a bit, you know. And, and, then, and then I said, well, he asked me, who are you presenting it to? And I said, I'm presenting it to that guy and potentially to that guy. And then he said, okay, if you're presenting to that individual, I need you to adjust your numbers so that they look this way. And if you're presenting it to that individual, you need to adjust your numbers to, to look this way. Uh, so there was just those slight things. And then the next day I, I showed up with the, with the trust and I had two presentations. I'm like, hey, is this what you were talking about? And, and, and so what ended up happening is both those investors said no. Mm -hmm. But then guess what? The, the guy that was giving the advice said yes. Oh, no, no. He didn't say yes. But all of a sudden he had five more guys I could talk to. Oh, interesting. And he had never... He had never sent me anybody. Those two first people, they were no, they, they weren't from him. But now right. all of a sudden, 
had five people I could talk to, and those five people, one of them found out. Nice. That is so, awesome. That is a wonderful story, Erwin. All right. So as we wrap up, if people want to find out about Erwin Buchert and, and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm uh, I'm fairly low key, but you can find me on social media on Facebook, uh, um, Instagram. Yeah, I, I'm fairly low key flying under the radar. And, and uh, hopefully one day I feel like I've kind of recovered and I'm out of the rat race, which is what the, these properties are, hopefully will do for me by the end of this year. And then once that's in place, then I can then I'll feel like I have uh, something that I that's worthy of talking about. You know, I sometimes I sometimes say rich is stupid. And the reason why it's stupid is because we can't get there. Nobody knows what rich means. Yeah. So why don't we? Even the rich guys seem to want to get richer and richer, right? So there's even people know what, right? So why try and shoot for financially free first? Mm -hmm. And so once I achieve that, and uh, which which should be here in the next few months, then I'll feel like you know now I have a story to tell that's worth worthy of telling, which is. You know, I hit bankruptcy and in, in just a few years, I managed to get out of the rat race. I'm financially free and able to do what I want to do, what I enjoy to do. I have a new, I have a new daughter. She's five months old right now, and I'm excited to spend more time with her. And, mm -hmm. and if she gets siblings all of a sudden in the future, then it would be great if I had more time to spend with my family. Right. Yeah. Which is you need financial freedom for. Yeah. Well, my friend, I appreciate your time here. And I'll tell you something right up front. You don't have to wait until that day to start telling your story. You already told it here today. It's inspirational. It's it's motivating. You're well on your way. So, uh, yeah, no no need to wait. Thank you very much for sharing. Appreciate it. Thank you for the time. All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.